has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Hey, welcome to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. Night. Night. Trip come true. I'll take a sip or two. Nice, nice dead air, Craig. <laughs> I'm pushing the button over here. Nothing's happening. But it's then just I a, realized, just hey, amazing. Just I need to turn up the volume on the computer. You, you and technology are just the are your peas of a pod. You know what? It's it's only this program for some reason. Here's here's the deal. Yeah. By the way, you need to listen to this, Johnny Aloha. I'll drink a lava flow and dream of old Hilo. It a blue Hawaiian cause I'm not in Waimanalo. Oh, yes, I guess that I'll just drink to Hawaii and taste paradise on my lips. Oh, well, I think I'll have to drink to Hawaii since I can afford the trips. There you go. Yeah, uh, they're looking at a double hurricane coming, I see. Yeah, well, pretty soon, airfare might. Might get to be pretty pretty cheap at this rate. <laughs> Real estate might open up too. Hey, I, I got way, I got a little who, music. Who are you again? Oh, I thanks. <laughs> I, I'm the I'm the the theologian formerly known as Bill Swirla. I I now simply go by the name. And how do you spell that? You don't. I you just simply don't. You experience it. And also in studio, we have the Reverend Walt Snyder. Say hi, Walt. Hi, Walt. There you go. So, hey. Inquire no more, you feral beast. This is the demo tape from our new for our new organist. Are we going somewhere with this? No, I just want to say, man, it really tied the room together. I, I, it was a value, dog. Tied the room together, dude. My rug. Were you listening to the dude's story, Donnie? Were you listening to the dude's story? I was bowling. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. You're like a child who wanders into the middle of a movie and wants to know... Walter, what's the point? That's the way I'm feeling. It's the it's the demo tape for for an organist candidate for a church. What do you what do you think? You think I like it. You think he's got something here? I, th- I think he's onto it. I mean, all I can think of is all skate or night at the fabulous Fox in St. Louis. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I we're thinking of hiring this guy. Sad, strange little man. How 
the about, God Whisper is the show that goes nowhere real fast. How about some housekeeping, Craig? <laughs> Sounds good. I'm rolling over here to get a piece of paper to take notes on. Oh, nice. The God Whispers hotline spells Manly Doctors 13. That's 626-593-7713. Bill? Godwhispers.org. And if you want to email us, godwhispers at gmail.com. Do you want to go to the mailbag? Sure. The God Whispers mailbag brought to you by Walt Snyder's Brain, a place with <laughs> yeah. lots of space. He sponsors, nope. he sponsors the mailbag? Just his brain. Very good. From Larry, dear pastors, I was happy to hear you read my email. I live in the California Bay Area. I'll leave the town out. I would love to be interviewed on your show. We could. T- this is the Wicked guy. Remember, he was correcting my uh, mispronunciation of Native American names and informing us about rain dances, which, oh, okay. which haven't worked too well. Although we did get a lightning strike at Venice Beach, so I, you know that might have been related. I don't know. I could talk about Wicca, shamanism, and other types of paganism. My own conversion story is not that interesting. I mostly just changed my mind about things. <laughs> there you go. We, we could we could talk about that, too. Oh, and then it gets interesting, Craig. I'm also a medical marijuana user. Oh, get his number now. And, and I could talk about the use and abuse of cannabis as well as how Christians should view cannabis. One toke over the line, sweet Jesus. One toke over the line. We'll get hate mail for that. Um, like you guys, I love to cook and eat. I think that probably goes with the medical marijuana thing. So maybe, maybe we can swap recipes oh, yeah <laughs> oh oh it my gets... mind is a raging torrent <laughs> flooded with rivulets of thought <laughs> yeah. cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives but wait there's more <laughs> oh, I, no. I don't have a phone i i don't have are we surprised here okay let's let's go wait wait, wait. How i are we don't going to talk to him if he doesn't have a phone yeah how is he going to be on our show it's, uh, i know he wants us to fly him somewhere oh yeah there's always there are always guys like you, Craig, or trying to you know couple vacation with business. I know how that works. Yeah, so, you know what? That doesn't work as well. As I thought <laughs> yeah, right. That was a <laughs> fail from the word go. I don't have a phone, so I can't give you my phone number. Yeah, that follows. That's a good kids. Here's an exercise in deductive logic. I don't have a phone, therefore I can't give you my phone number. Good, but I can borrow one to do a phone interview, kind of like what we did with our Skype line, right, Craig? Yeah. Email me back and send your number if you want. Yours in Christ, Larry. He sounds like just the kind of guest that we want to have on the show. Am I right about that, Walt? Oh, I'd love to hear that one. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. I'd pay cash money. We could do paper here on this one. I think you should just mail the guy a burner phone. Go ahead and mail him your number. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong button. I think this situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. There you go. There, there you have it. Uh, what, what, what was somebody going to say? I don't know. 
No, it's it's hopeless. Was, we're we're off the Walt, rails before. Gonna, wait, this train this train went off the rails before it left the station. I think Walt was going to say something. Go that, ahead, Walt. Uh, Not I. I'm doing no. my Admiral Stockdale right now, and I still don't know why I'm here. <laughs> and, and you won't at the end of the hour either. That's usually the case with the God Whispers. Yeah. Uh, do you have any experience with shamanism, Wicca, or uh, medical marijuana? Well, I've, we used to have a good colony of Wiccans in the area near Concordia and with the whole Native American thing, living out on the edge of the Navajo Reservation. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, your family has history in that work, don't it's they? It's amazing how the rains always come right after the rain dances, which always come at the beginning of the monsoon season. <laughs> and, and after consulting Do- Doppler 7000. Yeah, I think they can fine-tune them now. <laughs> Right. You know, technology makes rain dances so much more effective. Oh, yes. Um, but you, your family has – doesn't your family uh, have history in doing um, uh, work amongst uh, the Native American peoples? Yes, they do. I we used to haul that. things out from Kansas where they had no use for them to the Navajo Reservation where they did – starting with LWML gatherings in 67, 8, and 9. That was our summer vacation was a four-horse trailer loaded with treadle sewing machines and clothing donations because 90% plus of the reservation had no electricity. So, And this was your father who was doing this? My dad was doing that, and then we lived in Gallup for about a decade, and Interacted a lot. Dad taught himself Navajo, translated enough that he wrote a Navajo coloring book and did his own illustrations on it with um, Bible and catechism things on it and tried to do a qualifier at seminary for Navajo as his modern foreign language. They said, well, we don't have one. He said, well, I'll write it. And they said, no, do something else. <laughs> you to write your so own he did Spanish one. and then took Italian for fun. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, they're not noted for their creativity over there. So. No. <laughs> I remember I remember uh, your dad, actually, and, and some encounters with him uh, when he came to visit the seminar. He was quite the character, as I recall. Uh, just, just uh, totally worthy of uh, snack bar discussions. Oh, and he was great at the ground round. If- he and this little Hispanic psychiatrist used to sit at the bar and get in arguments, and they'd chase each other around in about six different languages. Oh. It's amazing how many of the Catholic kids who grew up and weren't much of anything who were hanging around the bar at night could follow the Latin parts of the discussion so well, though. It, it kind of sounded like that Latin dialogue in Tombstone, I would imagine, something like uh, yeah. something of that nature. At pretty good speed, too. I'm, I've got to say, I was impressed with those guys. <laughs> Can't beat the Jesuits for teaching Latin, I'd say. Uh, hey, Craig, do we have time for another email? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh, this comes from Becky. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you about uh, Clement Preuss's death as victory. Uh, I believe we discussed... Uh, um, Clement's uh, death, and we're talking about uh, you know the victory that is ours in Christ. I just began reading First Corinthians in my personal devotions, and read about how foolish we Christians are for believing in God, for trusting Him. Now you're talking about death as being victory. That is radical, foolish. One of my daughter's friends who's a Christian just graduated from Duke University, wrote a graduate thesis on the medical perspective of death. Her point, from what I understood, was that our society acts as if the doctors and the cure for cancer or any fatal disease is the savior. Uh, Death is not discussed with a doctor or other medical practitioner, but rather finding the solution. There's little discussion about hospice, etc. So thanks for treating death in the proper way. Blessings, Becky. 
Um, that is true. You know, the medical profession views death as um, defeat. You have lost the war. In fact, they use warfare metaphor whenever you have a, um, a terminal disease. You know, he's a good fighter. He's got a lot of fight in him. We're going to beat this. Uh, you know, it kind of sounds like Pete Carroll getting the uh, Seahawks uh, ready for the upcoming football season. Um, but it's not really, it's not really the, the Christian perspective toward death as something to be fought, uh, seeing as how the fight is or the battle is won, and he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You, you really like death a lot. No, I no, I, I, I actually don't. I fear it. I fear dying. Uh, death, you know, death's a concept, but dying, that's that, from what I've been able to observe as a pastor, that ain't a pretty sight. So, no, so, I, I, don't, I don't really want to be in that dying mode, but I am dying uh, I mean, every I'm, day. I'm kind of and, from, and I've been declared dead in baptism, so I really got nothing to lose at this point. So, from my interactions with you on death, I kind of consider you Pastor Kevorkian sometimes. <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's... I have to say, uh, Walt, uh, you're also a pra- you, you, you're, you're parish, parish pastor of some sort, aren't you? <laughs> well, right now, I am actually doing some part time hospice work, so oh, this is something that I'm getting more involved nice. in directly. Oh, good, and, good, good, good. And I'm one, I just, that's what you're sitting on the fence, but living on both sides of the paradox where death is the last enemy to be defeated. And in Christ, death is defeated, but yet death is not defeated until I'm raised from the dead. And so I fear, I run from it, I fight against it so hard, but yet at the same time, there are times, if if you don't embrace it, to at least allow it to happen, to to lay down your arms and surrender as you should and when, how, why, and where is a delicate balancing line. And I'm finding now in hospice that every person is going, even staunch believers is going to be slightly different in the way they engage their own death. And not to mention all of the extraneous trappings of family and loved ones. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. That's one of the things. There's no formula here, no pattern. Um, that everybody approaches their death quite individually. I, I agree with you. I mean, and I, it's in Scripture. Death is the, the, the great enemy, the last enemy. Uh, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. So the law having been disarmed by Christ, sin having been defeated, uh, death no longer has hold of us, right? So uh, you can actually mock the grave. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? And there's the simile. Yeah, yeah. I and will, uh, you I know, will embrace the grave, and I love it in um, the, our baptismal song, Open Eyed, the Grave is Staring. At oh, yeah. It, it's just looking at you. It's like the eye of Sauron trying to draw you in. And, and, that's, you... and that's, I am baptized into Christ. Yes. Right? Open Eyed, the Grave is Staring. And you're just kind of thumbing your nose. And if this wasn't like a, an on air official show, I'd use another metaphor. But I mean, you're basically mocking the grave. And I can sit in Christ's grave like Elijah in the cave being safe from whatever's happening around and about me because it's not going to collapse on me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's why I think Paul can say whenever death was kind of like right there for Paul, it seemed to happen a lot, you know, to live as Christ, to die as gain. You know, he says, I, I don't know which, which to choose to be alive in this body or be at home in the Lord. I'd rather be at home in the Lord, but then, you know, then my work's done. I got a lot of work to do here. He's got, he's got a punch list. Well, speaking of Paul, my brother, Paul, who works here, just wandered by <laughs> the studio. 
I'm I'm waving him in. Is is he trying to come in? Do you have extra microphones? We only yeah, we have, have lots of microphones. We only have three microphones on the God Whispers. This is oh, we've got uh, three mic, four microphones in here. So and yeah, and, and Walt's wife Stephanie's sitting in here. Stephanie, also, just, hi just Stephanie, being an observer. She, yeah, she refuses and, to talk. She's yeah, waiting. right. Just an open, open-eyed amazement. Have a seat, Paul. Join in you on have a it. nice hand for radio, Stephanie. Close the door before <laughs> someone out there starts making a racket. Grab some headphones, Paul. Oh my, hey, Paul. Uh, growing up with Walt, do you, do you have any really embarrassing stories that you could share with our listeners? I would, but I would probably have a few told about me then. So I think ah, it's like with my other future uh, friends. Quid pro yes. quo. Mutually assured, pro quo. Mutually assured destruction. It kept peace with the Soviet Union for a long time. So yes. the, the, it works. It works. This this is an exciting thing. A, a new concept in radio. Sibling rivalry radio. This, this could be fun. <laughs> yeah, or or, or ugly. Let's, let's see if we can get them get them angry enough to wrestle on the floor in here. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with the crickets on this one. <laughs> so, so Walt, uh, yeah, I have great admiration for hospice. Um, they have done uh, a great service uh, for my in-laws uh, and uh, for many of my congregation members. Uh, I think they fill in where the medical community bails out. I, I have noticed there's a certain kind of tossing in the towel by the medical community as soon as either the patient no longer wants to be tortured by the doctors or when the doctors have concluded there's nothing more in their little medical bag that's going to work, they just kind of basically say, well, get your affairs in order. Good luck. We'll see you. Um, I'll send the bill. And it takes a special doctor who's trained to fight for life, which in itself is a wonderful Mm -hmm. and noble thing, to then head up a hospice because you need a physician somewhere up at the top of your... Yes, you do. And we have a good one who I'm working with in Warrensburg. She's actually examined me as my family doctor at times and just a nice person to be there. She's very caring and concerning. She does everything she can to keep everybody comfortable and happy and encourages all of us. And the interesting thing about hospice, we have all of these church and state things. Hospice is one of those few things outside of military chaplaincy where the government pays the clergy to take care of other people. Hmm. It's you know, part you of your Medicare. Um, talking about this, especially with the doctors and coming from a medical family, um, I was always told that if you need an oncologist, seek out a younger one, because usually after about 10 or 15 years of oncology, they, they tend to be really pessimistic. So, so if you want a more aggressive one, uh, kind of seek out the younger ones. Now, that's not saying that all the older ones are necessarily pessimistic and have given up. But uh, That may be so for clergy also. Yeah, that too, I, that, that, I was going to say that that's, uh, that cynicism sets in about age 55 or so. and uh, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm 50. I, at, at my yeah, age now, I, I like to have my doctors somewhere in their late 40s. Forties. Uh, that is, they they have had a chance to make mistakes. Uh, they are still reading the journals and not using the old solutions. And uh, they they kind of you know they they have the necessary experience. I think I I don't trust them when when they look like you know high school baseball players or something like that. Doogie Hauser, I would not would not have gone to Doogie. Not- not no, so no, much, no, no, but no, no. I have a question here. Paul, you survived many years with Walt. What got you through that? Was Did you get pessimistic after a while and just want to give up? Or <laughs> no. how did that work? 
I, I think I got to the point I just ignored him a whole lot. That was probably the best uh, thing for me. Denial. Well, where, denial is powerful. Where yeah. are you in the birth order? I'm the second, or as I once said, I'm the oldest living child. <laughs> nice. Is Walt the oldest? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, that, that's such a dumb question. You know, I mean, that has duh written all over it. He, he's clergy, first of all. 80% of the clergy are firstborn males. Go figure. Uh, yeah, but you're number two. You're number right. well, and, and so what, what role did you play in the family as number two? Um, I was normally the one taking care of my younger siblings quite oh, a bit. Yeah, okay. when they were in school and mom started working. I had that. I was the one that was ha-ha slated to be a teacher, but I kind of got out of that one. But I do. What would you get into, if I may ask? I work full-time um, for Concordia Plans. I'm also the director of worship at my church. Oh, speaking of medical marijuana. Does, does, can, <laughs> does Concordia Plan cover medical marijuana? I'm, I'm just, I'm not asking personally, but, uh, you know, it just... just um, as far as I know, no. <laughs> Don't we always get in trouble for playing that one? I I don't remember. Are you encouraging sacramental use of a hallucinogenic drug? No, that that would be Rastafarian, which is that's the religion I would be if 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 Jesus hadn't risen from the dead. Growing up in New Mexico, the peyote cult that we experienced. Nice, nice. See, there are lots of good religious choices in the world, except except the the guy named Jesus died, rose again bodily from the dead, and actually predicted it a few times ahead of time. That's kind of a game changer in the religious world. But I'm telling you, if that hadn't happened, I'm right there. You know, but uh, you're wicked, buddy. There talking about his choice. I mean, that's it. Every religion in the world is a religion of choice. Including Christianity, except in Christianity, the choice is somebody else's, not ours. Yeah, it's it's the it's the it's the um, it's the weird dog in the in the religious pound, isn't it? You know, it's 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 the it's the dog you don't choose; it chooses you. And uh, man, that's a good metaphor. Write that down, somebody, quick, before I forget it. So we should have named the strays who showed up at our door Jesus one and two. <laughs> nah, you'd you'd get hate mail for that. Well, I know. You, 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 was, this, was this New Mexico? This was, was when I was living in, in Missouri. Oh, Missouri. If it was a border state, I could see that. No, 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 no. All, no. Missouri is enough. That, that, that's, that, that's right <laughs> there. City people go out in the country and leave their animals to die. Walt, if they don't die, they end up at our doorsteps. Uh, correction, that was Missouri. That you Missouri. Were, that's yeah. true. I'm on the western side of the state. Yes, now, you will. So uh, in fact, I think that. it's only Missouri in, in, in around St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. That alone yes. tells that that alone tells you something. So there's there's a lot of subtext here for the uh, the uh, astute listener to. We'll be work, live in work. the studio in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> I have to be sensitive to the local culture. <laughs> totally, he's contextualized. So, uh, but the this you know, I, going back to doctors and hospice for a second, I understand that there is a movement in the medical schools that um, they're training the doctors to if. If you can say it this way, be more comfortable with their dying patients. You can still fight for life, affirm life, be life oriented, while at the same time embracing death and and caring for your patients. It's just a slightly different kind of care. You know, you cease to try to cure them. Now you're trying to keep them comfortable. I think there's a there's still a, a real place. And who better than the guy who's been caring for you all your life? Well, and there does come a time where you have to ask the question, are we prolonging misery or prolonging life? 
And uh, there, there is a time where I, I believe doctors have to say, you, you know, aside from a miracle, there's really nothing we can do and we'll keep you comfortable as, as best as we can until your right. time has come. It's not true that there's nothing we can do for you. The, the actual sentence is there's nothing we can do that will cure you of this. Right. Well, the, and that's what I'm saying is for a cure. Right. You know, I, I'm going to have this on my tombstone, you know. The the doctor said there was nothing to worry about. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. It's only a flesh wound. It's only a flesh wound. That's right. But that's We need to jump into a break here, Bill. What, what we were you do? about to say? Go ahead and finish your, your sentence there. This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. That's all I wanted to say. Whispers, I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm the pastor formerly known as William Swirla. That higher things uh, thing has really gone to your head, hasn't it? <laughs> and, and well, higher things Mr. have gotten into my head in the past. I, I, I you know. <laughs> I'm the Walter Snyder, formerly known as pastor. Nice. <laughs> nice, Walt. You are a pastor. You're, you're caring for the dying. You know, that's really, I think every congregation is basically a hospice. It is. A hospital, a hospice. You're, you're tending the sick and the dying for the entire time. A womb to grave is a journey from death to death. Well, I think actually hospice is the better metaphor because yeah, the goal in a hospital is to get out. But nobody gets out of the church alive, so it's more—it's much more like a hospice, I think. The dying tending to the dying. Right. So here's the question that I always have is, how do atheists deal with death? And, uh, well, do, do, have you come across many atheists in, uh, in hospice care? I'm still getting into it, and I haven't had an atheist yet who's asked for a hospice chaplain, obviously. And so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That would be a, a denial of the faith. There, it? <laughs> It'd be a denial of the faith right there. Well, I, I'm dying some... here, but I want I want to uh, call a chaplain to tell him how stupid he is. Well, you see so, some there. movement sometimes. People will start asking, and if they're if it's just trying to cover their bases, the big thing with the Missouri Synod pastor who was part of the Nuremberg trials that was recently rewritten and blogged. It was the accounts Henry was a few years ago with Henry Gerke. You remember? those he was dealing with that same thing and people who seemed genuinely contrite and what was happening with them versus those who seemed like they were just trying to cover their bases in case <clears throat> so speaking of atheists you want to talk about this article uh, god is an abusive boyfriend bill there's an article 
Well, there's an article and a video. I can play the video. Actually, before we hit that, I wanted to just kind of point out that the scientists believe they they figured out how that big Siberian sinkhole got created. Oh yeah, the big the methane producing sinkhole. Yeah, did you? I mean, did you see that? I mean, there's like rocks strewn all over the place, and it's a really clean hole, and it's really deep, and you can hear water down there. Yeah, I'm thinking tourist attraction. I, I I think if they play their cards right on this, first of all, you pump out the methane and sell it on the open market because hey, I mean, it's natural gas. I mean, this is this is a this is an opportunity, and then you've got yourself one heck of a, a, a tourist attraction up there in Siberia with this big city. But did you look at the size of that thing? How deep does it go? Uh, it spans 200 feet, so it's 200 feet wide. Wow. And I don't know how deep it, it goes yet, but they they think that it was basically uh, due to the melting of the the the, the permanent, I will the quote-unquote permanent ice up there in Siberia that the, the melting uh, caused this collapse of the earth. And it looks more like a collapse than it does an explosion because the debris uh, field is actually rather limited. And, and apparently then it, it just expelled a huge amount of methane gas. Uh, you know, they, I, think, I think they even actually have a, uh, a recording of the event. Really? <laughs> amazing it's been a long time since we pulled that one isn't it <laughs> pull this finger <laughs> that sounds like something edgar rice burroughs wrote about a century ago Maybe it was lost kingdom down there oh i remember the lost kingdom that was great that was great i i love that stuff yeah they had to send somebody down there but it's still full of methane but so don't, don't light a match <clears throat> no that would be bad so anyway this guy uh, who is an atheist and i just subscribe to his blog because i want to see what kind of craziness he has going on he's he's got a book that says god is an abusive boyfriend and you should break up the book but bill get it should I just turn him down? Yeah, the <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the uh, the grand finale button right there. <laughs> I wish I would have known that one before. So I, I had I've no got, idea what I was hitting there. That, that was, I've got this video. My apologies. I'm going to go ahead and play it. I'll turn down. Oh, you've got? So I have it. I have it. <laughs> oh well. All right then. You go ahead. And all play right. It. So this is the this is the God is an abusive boyfriend video. Right. All right, here we go. Let her rip. No, no, right. No, I'm just no. kidding. Here we go again. Have you ever heard religious people say they have a relationship with God? Well, it turns out for a lot of people, it's not really a healthy relationship. In fact, it resembles an abusive one. My name is Hemant Mehta. I'm the editor of FriendlyAtheist.com. I've written a few books about atheism, and I appear in the Atheist Voice channel on YouTube. In case you can't tell, I'm an atheist. My really? Friend, the artist Tracy Moody and I would like to create a book that kind of takes a lighthearted but serious approach to explain why God can often resemble an abusive boyfriend. For example, the pages include lines like, does he get jealous easily? Or are you always telling people about how amazing he is while ignoring all of his faults? And by the way, there is a happy ending to this book because it turns out we can all initiate a breakup. The artwork Tracy has created for this project is just amazing. You could see examples of it below. 
Personally, this is the most fun I've ever had on a writing project. It's not necessarily a long book, but it is a powerful one. And the reason we're doing this on Kickstarter is because we want the quality of the book to be as high as it could possibly be. And we want to make sure it's a book that even some religious people won't mind picking up. There are a lot of small goals and stretch goals we have, so we hope you'll consider supporting this project. Thank you in advance for your help. I, you know, theologically, he's not far off there as far as saying you can initiate a breakup with God. Uh, that's about the only thing we can initiate. His editing is a lot like Fisk's. <laughs> Just a little uh, glitchy and... and uh, I think he's better looking than Fisk, though. He, uh, his worldview is not everlasting. Well, you're you're going to get the God Whisperer sued by he could be He could be the not God Whisperer. The God not... No, the... I mean, what, uh, what would be the atheist counterpart to the God Whisperers? The nothing whisperer. The... The... the whisperer. Oh, let me try this. The... Whisperers. That kind of works. <laughs> so you're saying you're an atheist? Is no. That what you're... No, only, only, only the old Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so he... Uh, I don't like that term, relationship. <laughs> No, it reminds me of Dr. Nagel and uh, a little bit of blue language all at the same time there. But oh, no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't. No, 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 I, was... I, won't, I won't use that, but uh, basically yeah. the idea that relationships run the way of psychology yes. and not the way of theology. And so we've all had bad relationships, and if we have a relationship with God, uh, maybe we should just be sitting around waiting for the other foot to drop or something, right? Yeah, see, I, th- I think that that term faith relationship is really kind of a, it's oxymoronic, or faith is the relationship. And and it, faith, it, it, I, I think it gets you into that whole creepy realm. It's why a lot of guys don't like to sing those 19th century uh, pietist hymns or the 20th, 20th century uh, boy, boyfriend <laughs> praise songs. That's right. It, it's it. You know, there's a, a, a creepy level. In, well, most people in, who are in good marriages do not talk about their relationship. They talk about the relation. They talk about their marriage or their spouse. Exactly. Exactly. What, what was that? There's a yes. sheep on set. Yeah, I know. It's just Craig. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. When they're working on their relationship, you know they've already hired the divorce attorneys. Oh, yeah. Or they're setting a trap for somebody. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. <laughs> Did you know that he was a Navy SEAL? I've heard this. Who killed? Yeah, he, he killed he people. In, he has he was bl- also in the CIA. He has blood on his seals. hands, and according to the article I read, he's fully tatted, fully sleeved on both arms, which is why he always wore those dorky sweaters. Yeah, I think you have him confused with Captain Kangaroo. No, no, with, no, no. With the sleeves. All right. Well, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to check out. I'm going to do some fact checking here on Mr. Rogers. <laughs> A little bit of the uh, the uh, Mr. Rogers fact checking. Uh, here's what I've got to say about this. Bill is a um, dynamic presence. He when it, uh, he enjoys being the center of everything. So, Walt, this whole relationship thing that you're talking about and Jesus, do we not have a relationship with Jesus? We have a Savior in Jesus. The Bible doesn't really give us. A relationship, and if we want to put it in the terms of boyfriend, girlfriend, or 
husband and wife, we have to look at Christ in the church more than we have to look at Christ and the individual Christian. Uh, we are not the brides of Christ. We are collectively the bride of Christ. And the psychology, the dynamics, whatever you want to look at, is completely different. The, in Scripture, we're more God's children than we ah, are but there is that father and son there's, relationship. There's father and son more than there is, because relationship also implies something of equals. And we are not even our elder brother Christ's equal, let alone our heavenly fathers. Right. And I think that's where we go south is when we look at the relationship thing as a romantic relationship or one of equals instead of one of the adopted child and the father, right. which and, is not a relationship of equals. And I don't care if God never brings me flowers. You don't bring me flowers. Whoops. Uh, according right. to MythAnswers.com, uh, Mr. Rogers was never in the military, did not have why? tattoos. It was top secret. That's uh, why. Yeah, well, and it was covered up. But it was, was a it was co- minister, it, it, right? Uh, that he was. Uh, he was a man on t- 30 years. Life is well documented. Uh, there's apparently no uh, truth to Look. this. You if know, I was a secret agent and a Navy SEAL, I'd have a, a good story also that was documented while I was out destroying the KGB and other stuff. This like this so, is the last time I believe one of those emails that says pass this on to everybody else. I mean, uh, you or know, you will grow a third eye. I've I've learned that. my lesson here. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> You'd think that that Nigerian get-rich-quick scheme would have been enough for you, Bill. You know, I still... Why I ever gave them my credit card and bank account number, I don't know. (laughs) But but he said said that he had $4 million uh, in, in with di- your in, name on in it. In diamonds. In diamonds, yes. no less. And, and yeah, I thought, well. Diamonds are a pastor's best friend. It sounded right to me. but So relationship, it's one of those squishy terms that you really don't know what. I you know one thing that irritates me about this 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 uh, friendly atheist well two things one is he's not really that friendly he's kind of more sarcastically friendly he's like your Facebook friends um, and secondly he he like picks up on the worst oh of, like the kind that are just sitting around waiting for you to misspell a word so they can pounce on it oh gosh you, you, you must have a lot of those friends Craig and and uh, and the, the, all the grammarly is lined up against him. The, the 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 other thing is that that he he. He picks on the worst of Christianity. You know, it's it's kind of like he's setting up this sort of shell of the Christian. It's like all the weirdos that you've ever met in your life who are Christian and, and picks up all their weird ticks and idiosyncrasies and then that's the christianity that that he's he's having a good time with and and in fact this is like i used to get this experience when i'd read christopher hitchens you know the very strident atheist but all the guy all the stuff he disagreed with i disagreed with you know it's I like yeah, that, that's what i was saying is that that he's not he's not completely off on his theology no <laughs> in fact we ought to have him on the god whispers Whoa, Ooh. I think I just had an interesting idea. Yes. And I bet he has a phone. I, I bet I bet he looks like a guy that has several phones. And maybe isn't on medical marijuana and can actually put together coherent conversations. Hey, hey, his, hey, the, take it easy on the potheads. The whites of his eyes are perfectly clear and not bloodshot. I, I and, and he seems lucid. You know, these worst parts of Christianity does sound like a great segue into something from Westboro Baptist Church, though. Oh, 
Look at what uh, Walt's doing. Walt's trying to take over, Bill. There's Walt, come on, leave it to the professionals. There, there's a coup underway here. There's a coup. Our our favorite our favorite people, the Westboro Baptist, loves Google. Ooh. Well, yeah, BuzzFeed, uh, Westboro Baptist Church to picket Apple headquarters at uh, One Infinite Loop in Cupertino, California, on Tuesday, August twelfth, from one fifteen to one forty five. That's totally and, an infinite uh, loop. That's that's for half an hour. That's they're going that's to pick at Apple. Yeah, you at, know, while at, they're at it, headquarters. while they're at it, maybe I could, if I could get a hold of somebody from Westboro, I, I'd really like to like just put in a complaint about what they did to Keynote. I mean, it really irritates me is that that Apple doesn't make the presenters' notes adjustable on Keynote. <laughs> I thought anymore. you were saying what Westboro did to Keynote. No, what yeah, Apple did. What you Apple know, did. I, I think they had to come up with a list of grievances. What's their grievance? Well, I have to jump in on this because GarageBand, they've changed a little too much. Oh, I like and it. I like the new GarageBand. I, you know, it's, it's just that the interface is a little different and I get confused. So what Because if, I don't use it enough. What's That's their the gripe? Why are they, why are they, are they, are they, are they PC its, people or what's, what's the thing? Apple and many of its con- customers revere Steve Jobs as a creative genius and technology guy. He's dead. Wrong. He was a rich, proud fool. Who now inhabits hell. So we're picketing Apple because... God sent Steve Jobs a warning in the form of cancer. It was (laughs) This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. How do they know that that what God was thinking when Steve Jobs got pancreatic cancer? Westboro Baptist Church. They alone are the only saved people in the world. All 12 of them. Don't you know these things? So what does this have to do now with Apple? So and they're anyway, using the old Apple. They're using the old Apple thing. It's not the rainbow thing anymore. It's silver. I don't know. So uh, anyway. How do they uh, know Steve Jobs is in hell? Well, because he turned to idolatrous Buddhist uh, nonsense. He sought out other inventions. Steve Jobs was formed in his mother's womb to create these Apple products so that Westboro Baptist Church can use them today to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you think they meant interventions? No, inventions. They're they're talking about... um, I thought they were talking about what Steve was trying to do to get out of his cancer. He sought other inventions. (laughs) Well, although it is is interesting that uh, as Steve Jobs was dying and he became terminal... Uh, he, he did say that a lot of this uh, alternative medicine led him down the wrong road, and had he yeah. sought out actual health care, I, I, I saw uh, I saw that it was one of one of his more one of his more uh, uh, you know helpful things on the whole thing was was uh, I, he, it was somebody else, a friend of his who had pancreatic cancer, and the first thing he told him is, "Don't waste your time on the quack stuff." Okay, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, uh, you know which. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, now that's a moment right there. That's a treasured moment. But I, I wonder if Westboro uh, uses Apple or PC. I'm going to guess that they're PC users. But they did say that Apple was helping them spread God's word. Uh, well, that was the author of the. Oh, that was the author of the, of the, the press thing, release. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Westboro Baptist Church will also pick at Facebook to remind this nation that even the extremely wealthy will have to sit in judgment before their maker. To account for their sins, Mark Zuckerberg's twenty-two point nine billion won't buy salvation. However, 
He will pay for marching in the, I won't say that, the gay parades, uh, pushing gay propaganda in other countries such as India, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, Westboro is is uh, still in the loony. God hates there. the media in all yeah, its one forms. Of the, one of the things about Jobs, though, is I'm told that he <laughs> A lot of was, hate going on here. I don't know. I, I think you might be the one who told me that Jobs was actually baptized a Lutheran. Uh, there there was talk, although I should probably run that behind uh, answers.com or whatever. Uh, no, there was a lot of discussion. Check Snopes. Snopes might know. Some, some people, he was adopted, and, and some people um, have some firsthand connections uh, in his uh, um, San Francisco Bay upbringing. Uh, suggesting that he may have been baptized, uh, but was not confirmed. Uh, uh, and he himself claims that that he he had great cognitive dissonance with what was taught in church, even as a kid. So he he kind of disavows all that and and feels that it just wasn't adding up to anything sensible, even when he was a child. That might be a bit of uh, retrospective thinking on Jobs' part. We all do that, you know, how we go back to when we were like twelve. And we're suddenly really brilliant, whereas actually we were idiots at twelve, and we we didn't know. But but <laughs> but we kind of we kind of like put in a put in a forty two year old brain into our twelve year old narrative, and it it sounds so much better that way. Yeah, and uh, holy hard mackerel! Say, uh, hard to say what happened at the, at the end of his life. Also, if, if this schedule is anything uh, representative of the truth, uh, they are going to be picketing uh, Facebook at eleven forty-five, Googleplex at twelve thirty, Apple at one fifteen, Skype at two, YouTube at three, Twitter at three fifty, not four, three fifty, uh, pin, Pinterest at four twenty-five. Yeah. They they must have something against um, macrame. Uh, on that Instagram <laughs> at five and Reddit at five thirty-five. They must know the California vagrancy and assembly laws really well. Now, here's something that causes I, me I to really want to go out there just to have my picture taken with them. Really. Here, here's something that causes me to question the reality of this, though. Okay, so they're going to pick at Skype between two and two thirty p.m. and then they're going to pick at YouTube. Uh, now, Skype is in Palo Alto. Uh, YouTube's in San Bruno at three. You cannot get from Palo Alto to San Bruno in a half an hour at that Maybe time of splitting day. Splitting the troops could be splitting the troops. That's right. That uh, means that they'll have three at one place and three at the other. Then when they pick it elsewhere, a lot of times they keep their Topeka picketing going at the same time. So they may have synchronized hatred. Oh yes, and they're out before they get arrested for being there for thirty seconds too long. <laughs> They've got this down to a science. They Indeed. they have hate picketing down to just a rocket science. This is this is the, you know in in Get every Peter Lang sometime and ask him about the annual or the daily Westboro parades and the like. Well, has he ever been picketed? Well, they, uh, all the time they show up. And Stephanie went to church there one time and thought that she that her clock was wrong because Westboro wasn't there when she got there. <laughs> they, they pick it. Why did they pick it as church? Because um, they they know some of the differences, but they tied all the Lutherans together, and it came to a head at an LLL convention of all things, where a Canadian Lutheran band was performing down there. We won't name their name, but everybody knows them because they were dated at that time already. But Canada had just started opening up all sorts of gay rights at that time. And because these people were from Canada and we were letting them play at 
an LLL thing here in the United States. Obviously, we supported gay rights in Canada, which meant that we also supported gay rights for everybody, and so we were going to burn with all of ah, those. Okay, this is what I call the six degrees of guilt. Oh, you know, if, if you can if you can trace your thing to within six degrees of whatever of the thing, you're guilty of the same thing. It's the same game of cooties that the Pharisees played with the cleanliness laws. Bill, I, I think we need to take things to the next level because I always said that I will have arrived when I am uh, denounced on the front pages of a certain Lutheran tabloid uh, published out of Missouri. And and that's happened. And what? I'm not, <laughs> Seriously? I'm not, feeling, I'm not feeling famous enough. I missed, I think... I missed that. You, you, you're, you're on, you're no, on no, the front no, page? Both of us. You and I both. What? The most current? No, 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 no. Oh. No. The one where we were. We uh, fell off. We're old news. Well, you're going to hell because you cook bacon naked and uh, because I, I decorate a Christmas tree uh, in my boxers. In your boxers. Pull out your horn, pull out your knife, get yourself ready for the time of your life. So anyway, I'm thinking that uh, if if we could get Westboro to come and protest... The God Whispers, yes, but we have no location. Well, we do kind of now because because you're at the International Center. Well, they could split up, as Walt was saying. They split up into different groups. What so stand on my in... front lawn? What? Yeah, I don't want them on my front lawn. What I like is they could pick at the Romanists. Also, they could double up on John Vianney High School, and they could get ooh, us and ooh, them. Oh, yes, nice. that's right. Yeah. And I'm sure that uh, the the higher ups here will call out the SWAT team or something. It's there's a synagogue just down the road. We've that, got a minute left. This reminds me of when I was a delegate to the synodical convention, and there was a big pile of people picketing outside the convention. Uh, there, it was an anti anti gay marriage thing that they were picketing. Not they weren't pro; they were anti, and they were picketing us. You know, and as a delegate, I'm leaving. I said, "It's like, dudes, you know, wrong convention." Okay, <laughs> you're on the concept. Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir on this one. <laughs> I just thought, you idiots. But uh, you know, at least at least kind of check the group you're picketing before you pick it. That's what I have to say. And picketing does really no good. Now you are a member of the cult of Apple, aren't you? Oh, totally. I, I uh, yeah, absolutely. Since 1984 and that great Macintosh Super Bowl commercial. I don't remember the Orwellian. That was. Oh, the Orwellian 1984. You know. Oh, that was Ooh, Apple. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The best Super Bowl commercial ever produced. Nothing has come close since. Nobody even knew what the product was. I mean, it was just pure image. And uh, ironically, it's kind of countered the Apple image because Apple is probably as control freaky as it gets. And uh, they're very Catholic, you know. <laughs> it's, your, it's their way or the highway. That's it. Forget it. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, Fat Mac 512 was my first machine. There you have it. Well, Walt Snyder, thanks for being with us. We'd like to apologize. Great to have you, Walt. Wonderful to be had. And your brother. Yes, we'll have to send Paul the card. I'd like to apologize to organists, flaky wick and potheads, graves that swirl amocks, younger brothers, hospice doctors and chaplains, people who live near giant gas emitting holes or Bill Swirla, Mr. Rogers, Navy SEALs, tattooed CIA agents, Apple, Facebook, Pinterest, and all of our listeners. And my long-suffering wife. Catch you next week.